Hey, y'all. Welcome to Book Marketing Mania. I'm Kim, a book marketing strategist for Christian authors, and I'm so thrilled you're here to learn how to grow your author platform, market your book on podcast, and steward your message in a way that honors God and your time. With summer coming up, I know you may be scheduled to attend a writing conference, either virtually or in person, because that's the best place to pitch your book idea to a publisher or literary agent. So today I wanted to share what publishers are looking for in your book proposal and how you can prepare to make the most out of your 15-minute appointment during the conference. And who better to ask than Barb Roos, publishing agent at Books and Such, and a nonfiction author of eight books and Bible studies herself. So Barb knows her stuff. She's sharing how to show a publisher that you're already connecting with your target readers and how to ease your anxiety before sitting down with a publisher or agent to pitch your book idea. You're in for a treat today, so let's get to it. Hey, Barb, welcome to the Book Marketing Mania podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. Well, Kim, thank you for inviting me to join you and uh, glad we get to have a conversation and uh, everyone listening. I'm so glad that you're with us. So I know as you then as an author and as an agent working with lots of authors, you probably do a lot of talking about platform. You know, sometimes we get wrapped around the idea of having to have these big numbers to attract publishers, but that doesn't always translate to book sales if they're not an engaged community of followers. Can you just kind of talk through that, like what publishers are looking for and agents are looking for um, and how authors can maybe go about growing those platforms? That is a great question. And this is often the, the, the key question everyone wants to know. So I want to start with first putting the cookies on the bottom cookie shelf, Kim. <laughs> because everyone who's listening is coming at this from a different perspective. So the very first thing before platform is you have to have a great concept. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you are out there and you've heard you need a big platform to get published, that's great. And that's amazing. But when I'm talking with editors and for me as a literary agent, the very first hurdle that you have to clear is that you've got to have an idea that is unique and universal. And that idea is what's going to get you through the door. Now, when we talk about platform, there are lots of ways that people define platform, so many ways. Michael Hyatt wrote the definitive book back in the day. But for me, I define platform as the number of people who are connected to your message and they like to listen to you. That's, I mean, it's a very simple way. And I've, I mean, I've taught on this so many times. Mm -hmm. Now, platform is more than just the number of people that you have following you. Social media, as well as technology, has made it really easy for people to manipulate those numbers in certain ways. So, platform is very much about who is connected to you and they like following you. So, you can, when you can pay attention and go, who's actually engaging? Uh, I listened to a podcast series a while back from one of the top gurus. When it comes to engagement, what we mean are likes and shares and follows. That's what we're talking about and open rates. So I am a proponent. We're going to break this down more. When Uh When I think about platform, I'm going to place my emphasis with prospective clients and my existing clients on mailing list. So building a mailing list is going to be directly correlated to the strength of someone's book sales. 
So uh, for the purposes of our continuing conversation, I'm going to skew heavily toward mailing list rather than just keep the focus on social media. Mm-hmm. But it is about that engaged audience. Great. And that's their building their email list. And I'm glad you said about open rates, because I know so often we can come up with all these really great lead magnet ideas and have a huge mailing list. But then, yeah, if no one's opening it and hearing about your book, then um, what good does that do? It? <laughs> it's, it's very important because the strength of book sales is an author. I have had many friends who've gotten that book contract and they're all over social media. They're like, look, we've got it. They've taken the pictures and then signed mm-hmm. the contract. And then two years later, I get an email and they are just like, hey, I'm feeling really sad uh, because they had a less than desirable performance in their book launch. Mm -hmm. And it's looking like it's going to be hard for them to get that next contract. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is, is that they put a lot of emphasis on social media posts and lots of emphasis on making sure that they had the most beautiful graphics, Mm -hmm. but their mailing list strength, they only contacted their mailing list every couple of weeks. It wasn't consistent. Uh, When they did contact their mailing list every week was, I have a book coming out, I have a book Mm -hmm. coming out, and they weren't adding value to their mailing list. So this is something that we, if I had to tell your reader or the listeners today to focus on is to have a high quality connection with your mailing list. And that takes time and effort. And for me personally, I do a devotional every single Monday. That's my conviction. But I write that devotional every single Monday because for the way that my platform is set up, that's what my audience, that's the reason why they follow me is because I'm a Bible teacher at heart and I tell lots of stories. And so I want to, I want to be, I want to invest in them every single week, not just when I have a book launch. That's so important, right? To keep, just keep that, like you said, it's all about the relationships and keep those relationships going. I love that you have just a consistent flow of talking to your email list. So do you have any other tips for uh, ways authors, what they could be sharing on their email list or what they could be doing on social media to encourage their followers to check out their email list and keep in touch with you that way? As one of the questions that I uh, that I ask uh, folks who query me is, who is your actual target audience? And so, if the question is, what kinds of content will connect and engage? Uh, that the very first question is, who is your actual audience? And there is, it's very counterintuitive. Uh, people often say, well, everyone's my audience. I want everybody to read my book. I want people, everyone to enjoy my story. And I want you to think about your book like a box of cereal in the grocery store. When you walk into the the store, you see dozens and dozens of different varieties of cereal. And the question that we have to ask ourselves is, which box of cereal do we want? Well, our readers are asking that same question when they're on Amazon or they're standing in a brick and mortar store. They have so many options in front of them. And so when you're looking at the boxes of cereal in the grocery store, you'll notice that each of those boxes have a, each of those major cereal brands have a distinct quality. They have something that's unique and universal. The universal is it's cereal and and they want to capture people who like cereal. Mm -hmm. But what's unique is whether or not it's Captain Crunch and Captain Crunch has the little berries in it 
or if it is tricks and tricks has the little circle, like each box of cereal has something that's unique. And that's what allows the person who's looking for that particular uniqueness to go, that's the one for me. So when you're creating content for social media or your email list, what is unique about you so that the people that are out there who are looking for content, they go, oh, that's that's a person that I, yeah, I like the specific way that they speak. And so if you're a mom, it's more than just putting out content for moms. Perhaps you want to put content out for moms who are full-time working moms, or you want to put content out for moms who are homeschool moms, or if you are a a working professional and you want to talk about uh, decreasing stress. So you message people who want, who want to decrease stress or people who uh, telecommute or people who, who are caring for elderly parents while they're working. So you want to find a niche and then curate content around that niche. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Hey, I wanted to pop in real quick to give a shout out to one of my listeners who left a review of the show. Letitia says, from just one episode, I can tell the podcast delivers for its audience. Definitely a podcast you can count on to receive solid information in a fun and engaging way. Thank you, Letitia. Letitia Evans is the host of the Rooted and Overflowing podcast, and you can connect with her on Instagram at Rooted and Overflowing. Now let's get back to today's episode. Was my next question was going to ask you, and I think you already answered it. Just how can authors drill down to whenever they do have that topic? What is you like you said? What is unique and universal about that topic or about them as an author, so that they can share that message um, and not be yeah, just like every other cereal box on the aisle? Because that's what I think. Like then you kind of back up before you can even present that book topic. Is is how am I engaging with my potential readers today with that kind of information and and be able to show that um, I've already got an engaged audience that's interested in this unique and universal topic, which kind of leads me to the next question I wanted to ask you about. So you've kind of given a lot of information of, you know, what, what your perspective is on your experience as an author and as an agent. So when you um, go to present book proposals to publishers, what kind of information are they looking for? Well, I'm going to very quickly walk through um, four elements. Now, there are actually more elements than that, but just so that we can keep it clean and quick. Uh, The very first thing we're going to go back to that, I call it a wow concept. Mm -hmm. So it is the actual idea. If you're a nonfiction author, you need to have a unique selling proposition that your book should be, it it should have a message that again, unique and universal. So that's Mm -hmm. the very first thing of the wow concept. The second is that you have to have a, you have to have a target audience. Who is the specific audience that you're writing for? And to be able to articulate that. For me, the third is great comparables. And the reason why you want to have great comparables is so that an editor or an agent, we want to know where your book is positioned. There are millions of books in every single category. So we need to know, okay, where do you see your book fitting into the market? And what are the strengths of your book as compared to what's already out there? Just to know that there's a place for it. And then uh, the next part is the what I'll call the preview. If you're a nonfiction writer, that's going to be your chapter summaries. This gives us this preview into what your writing style is like. 
how you connect with an audience. Are your chapter summaries going to help me understand the journey that you want to take the reader on and pique my interest with how you can actually help someone in a practical way? So those four features, again, Mm -hmm. is the wow concept. It is the target audience. It's having great comparables and then a solid preview. Now, when someone is looking at a proposal template, there are other aspects to a proposal, Mm -hmm. but I'm breaking down the top four features that we're going to be looking at as agents, as well as what an acquiring editor is going to, those are the the elements that an acquiring editor is going to ask me about. And so do they, when they're, whenever you're first approaching a publisher with an author, do they ask about the marketing plan? They do ask about the marketing plan, but those other features are going to be what opens the door to ask about the marketing plan. Okay. So Uh when it comes to the marketing plan, if we take that as the next step, a few things that I want to see as an agent in a marketing plan is I'm going to be looking for that mailing list. Is there one established? The second is, is there a website? Mm -hmm. I am still amazed at the number of people who have outdated websites. Mm -hmm. We live in an age and time where technology, particularly to do a website, is highly affordable. Elegantthemes.com. You can have a one-year subscription for, I think it's like $67. Why do I know that? because I have an annual subscription (laughs) and it is a very user-friendly interface to design a website. So that very first piece is making sure you do have a social media presence and a mailing list. We want your website. We want your social media. We want it to be populated on a regular basis with the content that's going to captivate your audience. And then another part of the marketing piece is I'm going to be looking and asking about a speaking platform. Mm -hmm. because that is one of the primary drivers outside of mailing list to selling books. So nonfiction authors, if you want to write either in Christian living or academia or discipleship, you're going to be asked whether or not you've got a speaking platform. I love how all that, um, like you talked about there, you've got these four elements that you're going to come to the table with as an author, but you've, if you're, if you've got an updated website and you're putting out content and you're speaking and you're building your email list, you know, all those things are kind of building into helping you hone in on that concept, right? Your unique and universal pieces because you've been writing about them and you've been seeing people interact with them and, and joining your email list. And let me for a moment, cast a greater vision because I suspect there's somebody who's out there right now who is like, whoo, that's an overwhelming amount of stuff, Barb, you're asking us to do. And so I want you to just take a moment and take a deep breath if you're listening, because if you are taking in for the first time or you are just in the early part of the journey, it can feel overwhelming. So we're not saying that you have to do all of these things at once, Mm -hmm. but one of the primary reasons that in a, a literary agent and an acquiring editor at a publisher is looking for a mailing list and a social media presence is that is the social proof that your message is resonating with others. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, it gives you an opportunity to, to hone your message, to sharpen it, to, to, to expand it where you need to. So these are not tasks that we're asking you to do as a checklist. These are actually tasks that help you serve people better with the dream that you have. 
yeah, talking about the different people involved in the process and just the the why behind it, right? Like you said, it's not just a checklist. I check all these boxes, I get a book contract. There's so much more that goes into it. And, and as you know, as an author, a lot of work that goes into to doing that and being consistent with it. So can you share, so when we think about all this information that agents and publishers are looking for, can you share some tips for authors when they're preparing either to send you something in email or they're going to maybe have one of the 15-minute appointments with you or a publisher at a writing conference? I know it's such a, I've never sat down to do it. I think I've tried it like twice and chickened out both times. And so I'm really interested to hear this answer of, you know, just when that fear comes over you, of, of you know, you're just going to have this, it's, it seems like such a short amount of time, but yet you're laying your heart out on the table. And I would just love to hear any tips you have for how authors can prepare for that and maybe ease that anxiety they have going into it. Well, I have done that. Uh, My very first book pitch uh, was in July of 2014. And uh, the night before my book pitch, I discovered that I had chocolate ice cream (laughs) on the top that I was going to wear. And I was at a conference that was out of state. I had to hop in the car at 7 a.m. the next morning and I had to find a Walmart. I rushed out the night before and actually bought a new outfit. (laughs) And uh, I just remember just thinking, this is, I planned so carefully. So let me, for the listeners, uh, I'm going to give you a very quick overview of what that appointment looks like and preface it with this. I would love for you to pitch yourself to just go, I need to pitch myself at least three or four times. Because when you put the pressure on yourself that you're only going to have one pitch, then it feels like your whole life is staked on that one pitch. That's really not fair to yourself. Uh, When my kids were all in school and it came time to take the ACT, I purposely told the kids that they were going to take it at least three times Mm. because I didn't want them to feel like they're the rest of their lives hinged on them getting it right that first time. And so the same thing goes for you. If you're thinking about pitching that you're going to have in your mentality, I'm going to purposefully pitch three times it possibly four. So when someone comes in for a pitch appointment, I have them sit down. The first thing I do is smile at them and tell them to take a deep breath. And I let them know that this is not going to be for all the marbles. And I want to set that expectation right there. And then I just say, Hey, when you're ready, tell me about your book idea. And when you're pitching an agent or an author, the very first thing I suggest you start with is the hook or the unique selling proposition. Uh, We're going to get around to a lot of the other information, but that is what helps us to stand in that same space with you in that idea. So if you can't explain your book project in three sentences or less, it's going to be hard for us to track with you. And so that's the first thing I'm going to suggest to you. Make sure you can explain it in three sentences or less. The next thing is that we're going to ask you about your connection to your audience, which leads into your marketing plan. Mm -hmm. So this is the space where we want you to tell us about your social media and your mailing list. This is the space we're going to ask you about, hey, how do you connect with people? If you're nonfiction, that's where I want you to tell me about your speaking platform or your podcast or your YouTube channel. But in the process of talking with an agent or an editor, we want to find great ideas. So this is not an adversarial situation where we're just hoping to shoot you down. Remember, we're sitting there all day long. We want the day to be successful as well. 
we want to find great candidates. So we, I want you to know that you have someone who is pulling for you because we're looking for great and exciting ideas. Yeah. Just knowing that you, you are a cheerleader for the author ride. It's not just, you know, you don't have to get so worked up about it because you really are looking to partner with the author and champion their book um, with publishers. So I think that's so important to remember. And uh, maybe I'll keep that in mind next time I go to a writing conference. <laughs> Very much so. I, I mean, there are, I, again, I recognize just being on the other side, like you want to throw up, uh-huh, you want yeah. to run, you're thinking, you're thinking, I can't think of a word. And I can promise you, even the most curmudgeonly looking agent or acquiring editor who has been sitting there all day long, they want you to be amazing because they want, we want to have great ideas. We want to have great books to work with. Uh, We often will offer a suggestion or two if for some reason it's not quite there yet. We want to offer it. So rejection is not rejection. Rejection is it is not ready and it needs a little more time. The problem I think comes in with us as writers is we want it to be right now. We want to be able to take that Mm -hmm. next step. We want it to be good as it is. And what we as editors and agents want to say is if it's not ready, give it time to get ready. And that's so hard to do sometimes, right? So this has been amazing. I would just love to hear from your agent side, Barb. Is there, are there any resources you'd like to share for working with an agent? Or can you just share where everyone can connect with you online if they'd like to talk to you more? Well, our Books and Such blog at booksandsuch.com, that is a a beautifully curated space. If somebody needs a simple and easy next step, uh, it is a longtime award-winning blog. There you have six literary agents who have represented authors who are unpublished up to authors who have sold tens of millions of books. And so there at the Books and Such blog are blog posts and resources on every topic related to publishing and marketing. We talk a ton about platform over there and we talk a ton about marketing and marketing plans. So that would be the the clear next step that I would offer to all the listeners. And if you want to find out more about me as a literary agent, uh, there's a tab there at Books and Such that uh, has my information and also at my home at barbruce.com under the About tab. There is also a place where I talk about who I am as a literary agent and what I'm looking for. And if you do have an idea to submit, all submissions must go through the Books and Such website. If you submit any other place, I am unable to follow up on those submissions simply because I receive so many. They all have to go through Books and Such. Okay, great. Well, I'll be sure and link all those in the show notes. Well, thank you, Barb, for your time today. It was so greatly appreciated. I know my listeners will get a lot out of this conversation. It was a pleasure being here. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Oh, gosh, y'all. I love what Barb said about your engaged platform is social proof that your message is resonating with others. Plus, it gives you an opportunity to hone your message, sharpen it, and expand it where you need to. 
And if you need some help with growing your platform or marketing your book on podcast as a host or guest so that you can show publishers that your message is resonating with your target audience today, let's work together. You can book a session at kimstuartmarketing.com backslash power hour, and I'll put a link here in your player too. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, I'll be there for you next week to help you market your book one podcast at a time. See you then.